Hey, welcome back to Cresta in the Afternoon. I'm Marcus Peter filling in for Al Cresta. For those of you interested, I work here at Avi Maria Radio. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm one of the, I, I work in the marketing department, but over and above that, I'm also one of the hosts of the program here, Unveiling the Covenants, where we explore the mysteries of sacred scripture and the covenant love of God the Father from the heart of the church. So if you want to learn more about scripture, do look up my program. Now, that being said, KT Connors, the individual that we're going to be, uh, be talking to right now, she was born with a rare disease that affects one of her heart valves. And she always knew that she would need a replacement. But during her first six pregnancies, this issue did not cause many uh, complications. But during her seventh pregnancy last fall, she was unfortunately shocked to learn that the valve had almost completely narrowed. Her breathing was severely impaired and she had to be hospitalized. In January, doctors said it was time for her to give birth, which she did via C-section. This is a testimony of a mother who persevered not only for the sake of the life of her child, but also in faith of the God whom she knew would care for both of them. She joins us today. Katie, how are you doing? Oh, I'm great. Thank you for having me. Oh, we're we are honored to talk to you. It's a witness of everyday Catholics like you that uh, demonstrate the power of the gospel in the, in the everyday world. So, you know, just tell us the story. Give it, give it to us in a nutshell. You know, you grew up with this, and then uh, you had six children, and then your seventh, and now a complication arose. Yes. So in my first previous six pregnancies, I was very lucky to have an OBGYN who had many children, and I had a cardiologist who also had many children. And so they were very respectful of my wanting to have a large family. I told my husband on our first date that I wanted nine kids. And he said, that's fantastic. Um, so we had we went into our marriage wanting a large family. And um, I did not have too many complications with my heart until this seventh pregnancy. After the sixth baby, the doctors had told me that I should probably avoid having more children because my heart would not maintain another pregnancy. And we were blessed with a baby this last August. And I went in not realizing anything was wrong with my heart. I go to the cardiologist regularly. And I was surprised to find out that the valve was almost completely closed. And I was in stage four heart failure. And the doctors immediately told me that the answer to my problem was I needed to have a valve replacement the next week. And in order to do that, I needed to abort my baby. And I let them know that that was not going to be an option for our family and um, encouraged them to let me continue the pregnancy and see how far we could make it along. And they were very adamant that the life of the mother trumps the baby in this situation. And we refused. And so they said, okay. I came back the next week and Um, I had six teams of doctors all on my side, and we said, let's go for it. And I got to about 13 weeks pregnant and just could not breathe very well. And my body was swelling up, almost like preeclamptic symptoms that I had had with my previous pregnancies, which would be unusual this early in a pregnancy. So they um, admitted me to the cardiac unit of University of Michigan Hospital, and I spent many weeks there. Um, I was really blessed by my experience there because I had a room where I could sit and I prayed and I had many staff members coming in every day visiting me. The uh, cleaning people would come and the food service people and the doctors and the nurses and they knew I was very Catholic and 
they asked me to pray for them. And so it was just, it felt almost like a ministry that I was blessed to have. And I was so lucky that my husband held down the fort at home with all of our other children. They are seven to 14. So they are (laughs) quite a handful. And we had moms and our grandparents and aunts and uncles and cousins all come in and help support our family and our local school communities stepped up and they brought meals and did rides and just the biggest thing that we got out of it was all the prayer support and the community and just people have been praying for myself and our baby Teddy throughout the entire world. It's just been incredible to see how far reaching the prayer circles have gone and people have reached out to me who haven't been praying in many years and they said this has brought them back to prayer and so it's just been such a beautiful outpouring of the Holy Spirit in ways that were completely unexpected when we found out that we were pregnant. It was a very scary hospitalization. Every week they would come and there was always something, there was a complication, but God really provided and we made it safely to 26 weeks, um, and Teddy was born via C-section, and the first night in the hospital, he coded twice, and my husband was with him while this was happening, and one of the nurses in the NICU came and started praying with my husband. She recognized that he was praying the rosary, and she sat with him and prayed with him, and it was just so beautiful to see the power of prayer and um then about five weeks after he was born, I ended up going into having my heart surgery that they had wanted to do back in August. And it was a very complicated surgery and once again came through. And now I'm about nine weeks out from that and doing so well. I I just can't even believe how badly I was feeling now that I feel so good. I (laughs) I didn't know how how awful I felt until now. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. Wow. I feel like I have a brand new heart and it's just, it's such, such a blessing. I'm just so grateful. You know, Katie, that, that was such a powerful testimony, truly. Uh, we're talking to Katie Connors. Uh, she lives here in the kind of Ann Arbor area and she attends Our Lady of Good Counsel Parish. Am I correct in saying that? That is correct. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, Katie, As you're talking, I'm just realizing more and more what a testimony of the extraordinary power of the gospel, of the grace of God functioning in the ordinary, seemingly mundane events that all led up to what turned out to be, frankly, almost miraculous. And and now you have this lovely bundle of joy who, if the doctors (laughs) had their way, would not be in in your arms right now. Yes, I literally, every, we were not expecting more children. So every moment I have with Teddy, every snuggle we have, it is just such a blessing that I never expected to have again. And it's just so beautiful, and I'm so grateful. Um, we are also blessed that our um, priest at Our Lady Good Council, Father Anthony, he came the day that Teddy was born and baptized Teddy and he also had been a preemie at this hospital. So it was such a beautiful connection. <laughs> that, that, that truly is it. I mean, talk about coming full circle in a sense. That, yeah. that, that truly is outstanding. So you, you testify to the support of the community, but it's not like the support of the community happened in a vacuum. Your yes, your husband and you collectively saying yes 
to Jesus' call for the dignity of the human person and the life of your child elicited this faithful response that just grew. It was like you planted a seed through your yes to God, and God just made it grow like wildfire. Yes, it it, tr- it really is such a testament to the pro-life movement and living living out that gospel and letting the Holy Spirit work through us. And what a what a horrific reality we live in where it seems like the first medical recourse for any form of health care seems to be, let's get rid of the baby first. Yes, and my cardiologist now that we have made it through, he says um, that it has opened his eyes to realize that there are there are more options. It's not easy. It took a lot of sacrifice, a lot of support, and millions of dollars of medical care. Um, but we have this beautiful little life, and he is just so precious and such a gift. And 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 truly, you know that that far outweighs the infinite dignity of your son's life. Far outweighs the value of anything that the medical care would cost. Not that uh, not that we want to negate exactly. that as well, yeah. right? But <laughs> but that being said, uh, you know we're living in in you know frankly horrific times. The Hippocratic Oath should call for doctors to understand that the life of the mother and the life of the child are both equally important for the one reason that both possess infinite dignity. And, and yeah. one, infinite, one infinity cannot be more than the other infinity. Infinity is infinity. That was one of the reasons that we named our son so early. We found out about 10 weeks that he was a boy, so we gave him a name, and every doctor, nurse, staff member I met, I introduced myself and my infant, <laughs> I said, this is my baby. I'm carrying him. He's so many weeks old, and his name is Teddy. <laughs> and um, it was it was beautiful because they at this hospital, they don't recognize the life of the child until 22 weeks of vitality. And But by 16, 17, 18 weeks, when the med students would come in, they would say, this is Katie, and she's pregnant with baby Teddy. <laughs> and it was it was just a testimony to the Holy Spirit working right. and touching the lives of many of these um, medical professionals who are so stuck in the science of medicine mm-hmm. versus the dignity of life. And and the two ought not be opposed to each other. Right. Uh, so you know, going exactly back to that, the fact that you you know you introduce your child as Teddy from the womb, that that shift in language that it brought uh, that brought a th- that that action brought about in the medical professionals who were treating you that that's colossal it w- it was beautiful yes i mean you just think about it right it, it something as small as language actually conveys the reality that there's a mentality shift that's not just a fetus anymore it's not just a clump of cells that's a human person yeah and i had ultrasounds on my window right next to a picture of one of my girlfriends got me a picture of a pregnant Mary, and it was during Advent that I was here. And so going through Advent and carrying this child and knowing that um, we did not know if he would make it and preparing our children for that. And my youngest son, he, he came to me at Christmas time and he said, Mom, if Teddy doesn't make it, he will go to heaven and he will be a saint. And it's going to be okay. If he comes home, that will be wonderful. And if he dies, he's going to go be with Jesus. And that just made me realize that he loves the Lord so much that he understands that. And 
we're so grateful. The kids go to school with the Dominican sisters, mm-hmm. and every day they would the whole school would come together and pray for myself and for Teddy. And the sisters let the kids know if they ever got sad or they were worried, they could go sit in the chapel and take their worries to Jesus. That's so powerful. And I'm just so, so grateful for the power of prayer, not only in my life, my husband's life, but the way that this all came about with the kids and the kids at the school. They prayed for this baby, and now they've seen this baby, and it's just so beautiful for them to see the power of their prayers coming into fruition. Katie, I I need you to know that this testimony, albeit in a very short amount of time, will undoubtedly have powerful fruit. Please, please know of our gratitude. We're talking to Katie Connors, who was born with a rare disease and through her testimony of life, kept her child, her seventh child, and Marcus Peter, filling in for Al Cresta on Cresta in the Afternoon. <laughs> 